Hello, I appreciate you returning to Wise Women Talking. I'm Holly. I'm the Weaver of Wise Women Gathering. I live on Wellbunja, Ewan land in the southeast of New South Wales. And today in this interview that you'll hear, I'm talking to Shona Lee. This is the point in the symposium where I started to get unwell. I don't think it was Shona. It wasn't her. It just happened to be the moment when we clicked in to do our recording and I started to just not quite feel right. And then, you know, it's the last episode on the Friday. Saturday went terrible. I got really, really sick. And, you know, you'll hear the difference in the interviews from here on in. But, you know, the quality and content of the women's sharing is what's important here, not me and my questions. I just kind of take further and further backseat as much as I can to just still be able to get these women to you. But the Shona one is still, uh, I'm still there. I'm just starting to feel a bit frail. So even as you listen, you might like to just send me a little zhuzh of support. I'm well over it now. This was many weeks ago as I'm recording this now. But, uh, you know, it's always nice to have that loop. And when we talk about, you know, the magic or and the mystery of like creating something in the world that is then witnessed and is then creating more of the same, it kind of takes it away out of linear time into something that is um, – you know, more cyclical and more circular. So your support whilst I'm starting to go down in this episode is going to support the general uh, cyclage of me and my work and therefore Wise Women Gathering and everything that comes forward from here and this podcast. Shona's amazing. She's a Feldenkrais practitioner and she's going to tell you all about what that means Remember that you can find her offerings, her links, all the bits and pieces at the Self-Crafted Life portal, which you register by just going selfcraftedlife.mn.co. That's all for me for now. Uh, good luck and enjoy, Shona. I'll come back at the end and just remind you where to find those links. We are back for the Wise Women Online Symposium. I'm Holly. I'm on Wolbunja UN land. And this is our final session for today, which is Friday. Uh, and I've got here Shona Lee, who is just so many awesome things. I, I just really fucking love this woman. Um, so she's going to introduce herself and tell us where you are in the world, Shona, what's your gig, whatever you want us to know to begin with. And then we'll go along our merry way in our conversation. Oh, exciting. Well, I am on Gadigal land and it's a place called Darlington, which is a little suburb next to Redfern, um, near Sydney Uni in Sydney. And a greeting in um, Kuri is Ujari Gamararu, so that is a nice way to begin. Nice, thank you. Tell us a little bit about um, what your everyday... Oh, yeah, I say what I do. <laughs> what, what does your everyday look like? Yes. Okay, so I work with people. I am a massage therapist. I am a Feldenkrais practitioner. And the work that I do is helping people connect to their physical experience, find more ease, comfort, and sense of inner equilibrium. And I really love that they get to experience themselves in a different way, that they realise that that feeling is possible in their own body, which is really lovely. And I get to meet a lot of people as well. Mm, so are you a people, would you say you're a people person or are um, you a body person? I, I love, I love people, but I'm not a big crowds, let's go and keep socialising a weekend type of person. Yeah. One-to-one. -one. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, perfect job. I think I like people's stories. I think I like, um, you know, how they've become the person that they are, the life that they've lived, that individual. Yeah, I can relate yeah. to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely, uh, although it would surprise people, I'm definitely an introvert, um, but I do like to have that one-to-one -one space with people or small group space to really go deep, right, to go and learn yeah. exactly who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's one of the reasons why Wise Women Gathering will never get over 200 people. Like really we sit oh. at about 120, 150 these days, but we want to keep that intimate space because you're able to have those little one-to-ones or small group conversations, right? Yeah, 
And I think those little conversations that do happen, I think when people come together for an event, they talk to each other at breakfast, in the queue, sitting next to someone in a way that you don't in a public space. So if you go yeah. out to the cafe, you don't talk to the person next to you necessarily, but if you're having breakfast or dinner with a whole bunch of other people who've had a very interesting afternoon, these conversations come up, which is um, which is really lovely. That's so yeah. true. Around the queue piece, I've not really thought about that, but I'm actually going to add that to my sort of welcome spiel at the conference because uh, it's almost worth pointing out to people that when you stand in queue for the food here, like these are people you know, you're allowed to turn around and talk to them because sometimes I do notice there's little pockets of people just kind of standing there. Um, so I think we can add that as, an, as a, over the weekend, maybe that. Totally. That's true. Yeah. So adding that from the beginning that like you're totally welcome to just turn around and speak to whoever's next to you because these are all just friends you haven't met yet, right? Yeah. Mm, that's so nice. So Shona Lee just shows up in my inbox one day with <laughs> like these applications for the conference. And I'm like, who is this woman? Like I've got some secret, like, um, I don't even know what it is. Like, I want to be a Feldenkrais practitioner. I don't want to go and study Feldenkrais. It sounds like it's really long and hard. So <laughs> I see We're this woman. We're all about ease, Holly. We're all about finding the simplicity. Hardness. That's true. Yeah, that's a different genre. Yeah. That is very true. And maybe that's what my leading edge is there. Like, I'm actually terrified of that amount of ease. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's for therapy. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but see, and I was like, oh my gosh, a Feldenkrais practitioner. Awesome. Yes. She's getting a tick of yes. I haven't even looked through her website properly yet, but she's getting a yes because she's Feldenkrais. Um, but then you show up and you actually are amazing and the ease just like, just comes out of you, the, the softness and the, the space. Right. And we'll talk about that gift of space soon. Um, and so then, you know, Shana says, well, could I also be in the healing tent? And we say, yes, of course. And so then I go and have a healing session with, you know, a, or a Feldenkrais session with you uh, right at the end of conference. I never do healing sessions at the beginning because there's too much going on, obviously. But right towards the end when my body was really starting to feel it, I sat with you for what, 45 minutes and, um, yeah, walked out of there feeling so much better just by bringing my attention to myself. Yeah, which I love. I love that part of the work. And then this year she writes me and says, well, I would like to be a partner as well. And oh yeah, by the way, she's still an educator. So you've got all of these roles happening with Wise Women Gathering. Um, what's, you tell me what's happening there. Mm, well, I think it's um, a space for me to explore what's current for me. So I think it's this really, um, I don't know, nurturing space where whatever is present um, so at the moment of space, this idea of space being really powerful. And as I explore those ideas, um, putting together a session helps me like understand them more. Um, so yeah, it's like a lovely space for me to um, explore whatever's fascinating me. Yeah, and watch, And also just that like a, 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 a very receptive um, group of people who are, all like-minded you don't need to sell it you don't need to convince anyone you're not um you know trying to recruit people to come to your session yeah <laughs> uh, that's that's a very different place than if you put on a workshop somewhere else you've got to get the numbers cover the cover the cost of venue higher and um there's whole other considerations where here you can just uh, focus on the content that's um, so true yeah that's such a good way to look at it. I think that's a wise little bit of information for anyone who wants to educate with us. Like, and, you know, we were just talking before we got recording about, um, you know, the fact that we ask educators to pay their way the first time that they come, because it does cost quite a bit for each individual ticket holder to be there. Um, and it's kind of a buy-in into the community, right? It's like this investment into like, here's all the things I don't have to do. I don't have to promote myself. I don't have to get a venue. I, you know, I get to just show up there's a ready-made audience there that are totally into whatever it is that I'm teaching and I get fed for three days and I get to enjoy all these other educating things. Um, so that's why we really hold the, that model. Uh, firing of the marquees and you pack up the marquees at the end and I just leave, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's, um, that's very good for people to remember. All the mud that that would have been a 
mega dismantle. Yeah, I still have mats with mud on them now. <laughs> That'll get sorted out as we start packing for this year. The table from the healing tent still in the vinyl, in the little crevices, there's still a thin layer of <laughs> earth. See, <laughs> uh, that's right well and I just spoke to Linda and she told in an earlier um, interview today we spoke to Linda from the venue and she said that there's they've just announced there's going to be a cold snap so we're going from rain to cold this year she's advised everybody to bring an extra jacket and an extra blanket <laughs> I think I think that's more manageable I think cold you can just layer yeah. yeah, we can do fires the and rain we can be warm. Next level. <laughs> and the mud to your knees. Yeah. <laughs> so you're the only person uh, throughout these interviews that's coming on from the healing tent, actually. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wondered if you would talk about what it's like to do that work at the conference. And it probably crosses over to what we we're just talking about. Um, but how, yeah. like, what is it like to be there with these particular women doing this work in that space and maybe even about that shared space with other healers? And also then, how do you find time to still be part of the amazing community? Because that's some feedback that we get, right? We get uh, healers that will send an email and say, oh, I'd really like to come, but I don't want to pay the fee because I'm not going to get to enjoy the conference. Um, but I know that you can be in the healing tent and enjoy the conference and also get fed. So tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do feel a big part of the conference is actually the whole like interactions outside of the scheduled um, sessions. So that general gathering, um, the healing tent isn't running at night time. That's always um, open space. The space before breakfast, the movement stuff, that's also um, most people haven't booked their healing at 6am, so you might get up at 6am and do some Tai Chi. And <laughs> um, So to me, there is definitely enough of um, the interaction that happens. Um, I think the people who come, they're in a particular place where they're like, they're really ready for some healing there's a real kind of openness to whatever they actually don't even necessarily mind the the form that it takes the particular modality you practice they're just kind of open to serendipity and connecting with whoever um happens to be available and letting that flow from there um, it's a very unique uh, environment in terms of having the canvas and the mud and uh, <laughs> it's a different to your clinic. My other sessions in that same sort of kind of my things falling on the ground because then they'll get grubby. <laughs> so that's that's particular, but it is this little tucked away cocoon where um, you can go into this little space and um, back to the introvert people person thing from before I actually think as an introvert I like that little retreat that if there's too many people and too much going on I can go and just like have a bit of quiet time in this little in this little tent I don't have mm. to be engaging with everyone all the time mm, yeah that's nice and so you'll be happy to hear that we've upgraded the healing space and we right. now will be using our six meter I call it Goldilocks it's a bell tent like a, a large bell tent um, so six meters across and I think we'll fit yeah two nice beds there maybe three um, in that space so you'll have a floor and yeah it'll just be a really lovely little wow. area for you if you're a bit cozier I think than the big square plastic tent yeah and I think um, you ask a question about being alongside other things I think there is something um, I, I don't know how to articulate what that is but I do enjoy working alongside other people in the different workplaces I work in I get a bit of that and um, it's just kind of you know you pick it up um, what's happening and I don't know it feeds feeds something within me <laughs> mm, yeah well, it's community isn't it it's just another element of that connection and community and I think that that's um that's sometimes very important like it's sometimes uh, why a group setting like a class really works to hear other people experiencing change and then that helps you um, helps you have language for whatever's going on for you as well that maybe you didn't realise until you heard someone else articulate it, things like that, yeah. Yeah, so many of us as practitioners, you know, 
who attend this conference, we really, we mostly work in a silo, right? It's mostly a kind of isolated job. And so we have to actively go and seek those either professional groups or groups within community that are going to expand us past our own little one-on-one -on -one practice. Yeah. I also love the in within that little one-on-one -on -one practice, you get to really develop your way of working. I'm really glad I'm not part of, you know, the New South Wales health protocols that I have to follow or whatever that I get to, um, yeah, develop my own. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Monica was just talking about uh, before, I think before you came on, just around like the agents of change that women are and that uh, particularly we notice the women who show up at Wise Women Gathering are these agents of change that just do it differently from the start because the old way or the other way doesn't work anyway. That's what I'm hearing you say there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's more just the individual. It's not that the other ways don't work, but you get to, you know, bring all your life experiences and your particular whatever it is. Um, flair, your particular flair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that something about you, Shona, that stands out to me as that, I don't know what it is. I haven't worked it out yet. Can't get my finger on it. But mm -hmm. there's something, uh, we, and maybe it's just that space that you hold, right? The, the ease and the space that I think is so uncommon in most of our everyday lives that you do stand out in that way. To me, anyway. I don't know about to everybody else. Um, and so when I saw that you had offered two different um, presentation options this year I really wanted to bring one of those into the pre-conference because so both of them were accepted by the roundtable our roundtable doesn't know who it is that's putting these applications in we take all the identifying factors out and then they just judge it on the merit of how it would fit into our kind of structure and our model and they write me up a bunch of notes and then I take all those and I look at you know what everyone has said I think this year we had six or seven women on the roundtable put all kind of collate all that data together and then take it across and work out okay how does this fit onto a schedule right um, and so both of your presentations were accepted and I thought that your conversation with your nervous system was really valid for a pre-conference yeah a longer session a deeper dive so our pre-conferences are all about um you know in the early arrival day on the Thursday before conference officially starts on Friday morning there's a space where we have three different workshops on that are much deeper uh, that people can come to for that early arrival time. So that's what we're talking about here with in conversation with your nervous system. Tell me about it, Shona. Mm, well, I think this is a real point of difference between Feldenkrais body work and lots of other body work in that I think a lot of other body work has a bunch of techniques and a bunch of things they're trying to do. So there's a sort of a sense of analysis. And um, the body work that is known as functional integration, which is hands on Feldenkrais, we see it as a conversation where we're um, getting information, we're highlighting things, but we're not trying to impose a particular um, change. We're trying to support whatever the person is doing already and give them more options. So um, it's also just this thing that I have when I have conversations. Um, I'm a bit fussy and I don't mind if you don't ask me how I am, but if you do, be prepared to listen and actually care about that. Take it away. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and this idea of a conversation that doesn't have a preset agenda that has to like go somewhere. And I think um, if we can learn to listen to what our body's trying to tell us, then we can really be like in dialogue rather than trying to impose, you know, you should do this, kind of overriding the signals that our body is sending us. So I see it as like a real life skill to like be able to, to speak body language, to hear what your body is trying to say um, and using that template from um, conversations you have in a person-to-person -person, and how do you bring that to how you relate to yourself. Um, so having that longer session time, I think, um, because it is a conversation, it's not me just delivering a whole bunch of ideas, it's discussion and it's 
little um, embodied experiences um, to give us the space to explore these ideas. Yeah, so nourishing. Mm. Like every time I just even look at the the title, when I see it on the schedule, I'm like, oh, that feels like that's going to be such a nourishing session. Of course, I won't be attending because it's Thursday evening and I'll be running around crazy, but I will be channeling my ease from that workshop. I'll just be like sucking it from the room. <laughs> I think um, one of the things about a good conversation is it actually like invigorates you, like both parties get something from it. Like um, I think that's a key feature. And if you start conversing with your nervous system, that that really lifts everything. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, some people might not have even heard of Feldenkrais. Like it yeah. is kind of, there's not a bunch of you out there, right? It's not just like, like there's a lot of remedial massage, not so much Feldenkrais. Do you want to... Um, Tell us a bit about it, but also yeah. like you have done it already a little bit. Tell us why you think it's important. Yes. Yeah. So um, a little bit of the backstory. Um, so Moshe Feldenkrais was a person. So that's where the word comes from. And he had knee, uh, knee pain, had old soccer injuries, and he noticed with his knee pain that it was better on some days and worse on others. And he realized that he must be doing something differently on the days that it was better and the days that it was worse. So he started paying attention to what he was doing, how he was doing it. So that's really the foundations of what Feldenkrais is. It's learning to pay attention to what you're doing, how you're doing it, experimenting little with, with little details and seeing does some, what makes a difference. Does this make it feel more supported? Does this put more strain? Um, in order to be able to sense these differences, actually you need to pair it right back to be able to perceive subtleties. So um, the classic example about why it's so small and gentle, um, if you're carrying a grand piano and you put like a mug on top of the grand piano, probably not going to notice the difference in weight because you're already using heaps of muscle to maneuver the grand piano. If you were carrying a feather, something really light, and you put a piece of paper on the feather, you would be able to detect that difference. So what we're doing in a Feldenkrais session, which is a bit like a meditation in movement, we're stripping it right back to the very beginning to catch our habits, to notice subtle little details that, um, that change when we do something differently. So we're interested in how movement connects throughout, throughout our whole body and finding skeletal support. If we've got skeletal support, then the muscles don't need to hold us upright so much. We're supported by our bones. The muscles can be free to move. So that's, um, that's the overview. He had other influences like he did judo. So, um, he was teaching judo and I think the idea of how do you teach a skill, how do you break it down, um, really informed the structure of his um, awareness through movement lessons, which are the group classes. And the other big influence, his wife was a paediatrician and he watched children in the waiting room learning to crawl, learning to walk and how they would explore the world without this like goal-driven agenda that adults get so fixated on, like, if it didn't work, whatever, they just moved on to something else. But there was this, like, kind of open curiosity that they followed and they didn't get too hung up on this one outcome. Mm. Yes. Mm. Curiosity. That's the key right there. I think that's mm. the piece. That's the, one of those other magical pieces of the Shona Lee magic. Well, actually, it's a big part of Feldenkrais that um, the way it's guided is through questions. Mm. So um, it's developing your curiosity, mm. um, this line of investigation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's, you, you know, you're clearly embodying that work in so many ways. Like it's become you, right? Mm. And I, I think that's. I mean, I haven't met very many Feldenkrais people. I don't know, two. And both of you are the same. The, there's something about like comes through you and it becomes who you are because the training is quite long, isn't it? Like it's not it's, just like you go for an eight-week course. 
So it's it's run over four years. They're changing the structure a little bit now. Not four years full time, broken up into immersive um, segments. So you might have two or three weeks of full time, and then you have a couple of months where you go away and just let that integrate. So um, that's that's this really lovely idea that um, you know it's it's a deeper um, change, it's something that you grow into rather than. You've gone 12 weeks in a row and you need to um, emerge with some great yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I love that. So even the structure of the course is in place with the same thing that is teaching, which is like have, have a bit of a conversation and then come back and stay in awareness of that, integrate Digestion. that for a bit. So that's a, that's a really key idea that's woven throughout the work, having a pause. And the pause gives you space to integrate that it's the pause where the change happens. Um, so that's in the structure of a class. Um, it should be in the structure of a hands-on session. I think we can get a bit carried away with like um, just following the thread and just like taking a moment to sit back and let their nervous system process that is also very important. But um, something happens in the pause. So this is this idea of space being really important that might be another role I have to give you for the conference you might have to be my pause reminder ah. just like whenever you see me Holly have you done a pause lately <laughs> well I think there's a time and a place and maybe <laughs> at that moment the pause is less appropriate <laughs> <laughs> okay that makes me feel better <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's really beautiful to for people to hear that there are there are practices like this, like there's training that that is structured in such a way and thought of in such a way because it's not what our overculture gives us, you know. It's um. So it's really this, this idea of um, learning to listen to the sensations in your body um, is really paramount. It's um, when have you had enough? When do you sit out? like you don't need to keep up is, um, I guess, such a different message to what we think we need to, to be and do that actually placing our sensory experience higher than the social expectation, that's a different stacking, you know. Mm, absolutely. We just played around with that. I had a retreat uh, maybe two weeks ago, a warrior woman retreat. So, you know, people show up thinking they're going to do all this like tough fighting warrior stuff. And it was just, the vibe was just not there. Like everyone was, half the group was about to bleed and the other half had just finished and it was a rainy, shitty day. And, you know, we, we took that warrior self into like what you're talking about around just like being more attentive to us and working out what we need. And um, we did some experiments experiments uh that were like uh let's see like if you were to do some sort of fitness thing that's hard when do you know to check out as opposed to when your body has already checked out you know we've played around with that idea um mm -hmm. so so there's so many ways that people could be working in this idea in yeah and this is the um this thing that it's not just body work these ideas filter over into how you do other things in life mm -hmm. um i think it's known as a body work um methodology um, and there's actually principles that apply to much more than just your body. Mm. Yeah. And that's what it seems like when you do your work, like the actual workshop pieces that you give us and the, the group sessions and teaching, that's that comes through more, right? Because you're not touching people's bodies, I assume. They're um, they're having to have that those thinking about themselves. Mm. And that's actually, I think, um, what is most powerful if someone – experiences a change in their body and not through anyone else touching them doing something they did it all themselves mm. like that is that is agency and autonomy and um, that's that's really um what this is about it's leading people to make their own realizations mm. that's beautiful yeah yeah how how many places in everyday life do you people get invited to that opportunity yeah yeah and I think it's it's so tempting to have the shortcut just tell me how I should sit mm -hmm. um whereas the structure of a Feldenkrais class 
we explore lots of different ways of sitting and it's guided by the question if you go like this what do you notice if you go like that what do you notice and it keeps getting you to um, to make decisions based on your physical feedback so the power of that is the whole like giving a man a fish or teaching someone to fish then you can apply that to other things this um this investigation mm. I can relate to that from a somatic therapy perspective because it's like I'm constantly asking clients to just check in with, yeah, what what's it like to be like that? Like, oh, okay, you're sad. What's it like to be sad? Um, yeah, and, and can you sit with that? Can you just be sad or happy or whatever it is? Yeah, just inviting them back to their own self. Mm. And that sadness shows up differently for different people on different days. They're yeah, different. yeah. It's not a one thing. Yeah. And sometimes people will say to me, like, well, can't you just tell me how I'm supposed to get rid of the bad feelings, Holly? Like, no, I can't. Definitely not. <laughs> and I think um, I find that something about listening to them, acknowledging them, they, they change. That it's when they get ignored that they need to keep saying hello. But if you hear them, this is the conversation thing, then they can, then they can move. Yeah, what we resist persists, right? Yeah. 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 So Marina has just said in the comments that that was beautiful explaining about Feldenkrais and agency being really powerful. I agree. I, yeah, you just explained it so well. And it really feels like something that can go into any element of life. This is, we are not, we just have to keep iterating. We are not just talking about bodies here. And I think yeah. this is, um, it's lovely that that open-endedness lets people to come with their own life experiences and take it in different places. Mm. Um, so that can keep evolving. It's not a static thing. It's not this um, series of movements that we have to stick to, that it's, um, it's a thought process that we can keep creating with. Mm. So it's alive, yeah. Yes, yeah, forever skills. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And it's more interesting, right? You're not just um, going through the motions. Yeah. Uh, discovering it <laughs> fresh yeah. each time. Yeah, that's that curiosity. Yeah. And so you'll be doing that. That's the conversations with your nervous system. But we also have you on the um, the regular schedule, I guess, at just a 60-minute spot. So three o'clock on both Friday and Saturday. And that's called the gift of space. So maybe give us an idea. Again, that sounds ridiculously nourishing. Give us an idea of um, maybe how the two are going to be slightly different. Hmm. There's two workshops. I think the, um, the gift of space, one of the main differences is we're also interested in how we interact with our physical environment. So the in conversation with your nervous system, that's more self internal you'll be engaging with other people but it's you and your relationship to your physical um, experience and the gift of space explores how the space around us influences us how we um, make choices about where we put ourselves in the room how we can make the room more fit for purpose um, and I guess, yeah, the lens looks outwards as well as inwards. I think with both of them, um, what I'd like people to walk away with is a way to embody spaciousness. So a lot of the different things we do in Feldenkrais, um, you're finding this kind of internal spaciousness and often what's changed is how you think about it. Mm. So, you know, you've still got your physical structure right there like it was before, but you've done a couple of movements and you've played with a few ideas and suddenly your image of your shoulder and how you inhabit your chest, that's changed. So within our busy lives, can we also play with some of those tricks that we can find spaciousness and less compressed kind of constant activity and yes, there's all these things we have to keep up with. We're running a conference. It needs to all come together. But how do we, how do we create this? It's almost like an illusion of like, you know, spaciousness within that busyness. Mm. 
that's still that's still happening. So what what can we drop away? What's what's extraneous? And how do we give those little those little moments of pause? Mm, yeah, I was just before um we got back on so we had a pre-record before you came on so no one could see me and I was just doing a bit of you know just gentle eye (laughs) massage and just having that moment so I think that's the kind of thing you're talking about but of course it could be anything because we're talking about curiosity I I think a lot of it's about being in the moment because um some of the compression is like oh all the things that need to happen all the things that need to happen oh that's really tiring all these things that need to happen but they do need to happen and you'll do them one at a time. Mm, and they're not all going to happen at once. <laughs> if you do the one thing right now without the other stuff so present, then it's a different different experience. Yeah. yeah. I, a few weeks ago, I, my son said, you know, how are, how are you or whatever? And I just said, oh, you know, it's just, it's a very busy time. It's feeling a bit of pressure. And he just said, well, you'll get it done. You always do. And he's, you know, 19-year-old kid. And I just went, you're right actually like yes I do (laughs) like and he's grown up watching that so yeah it it was always like a little bit affirmation of like yeah no it it will it's fine and sometimes the um the outside observer can um show you things that yeah give you that (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) definitely (laughs) so what do you feel like people will leave that session the gift of space what will they leave with that they didn't maybe have when they arrived Yeah, I think um, everyone's going to take a different idea. I think that's what's really lovely that um, we all come from different starting places and different ideas land for particular people. Mm. Um, I think I think the embodied sense of spaciousness is what (laughs) I would I would um, be aiming for. But if they walk away with um, some other idea that seems most important to them my own idea is less relevant (laughs) (laughs) so we might see people like sort of floating out of the class but like full of amazing new like awareness and like ready to take on whatever it is in their world yeah I think just like taking uh what the space offers and I think the the space of wise women gathering that that offers something doesn't it this little like away little valley that doesn't have phone reception and you're with these other women for three days of wholesome goodness and like doesn't that feed something into you you know absolutely yeah it's space holds something yeah it's fertile soil very much so (laughs) I think uh, a Feldenkrais quote that I forget but need to keep reminding myself is you you create the conditions for learning what they learn is up to them, but like you, you set up the you set up the conditions, and then then something can happen. That's that trauma. In, I, I, I mean, it's not that that I would interpret that as a trauma informed spaces, right? Like creating a safe space and creating yeah. a, a healthy yeah. space of curiosity, so that people can take whatever they need and get whatever and that, they need that from that. Safety first is um, really important. That. Um, we have this idea in Feldenkrais of not pushing into pain, that pain is distracting. And if you're in pain, you're not going to learn anything because your attention is just on the pain or consumed. So really setting up the support and the comfort that quietens that so that you do have scope for learning, for being curious, for noticing something other than the pain. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Makes me. I I think that you were the person who introduced the idea in our decolonizing the circle class around choice. Was it you that said, like, that you'd learned that choice is not two options. Like, mm. to have choice, there has to be at least three options. Do you want mm. to speak to that? Um, comes from Feldenkrais. Wasn't my idea. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, two options is this binary yes or no. To make a choice, you actually need more than that, that then you've actually got like something to choose. Um, that That's the crux of it. <laughs> it's pretty simple, actually, isn't what it? What that idea is, yeah. 
Yeah, I use that quite a bit with clients. And I think when when we, so for those listening that might not know, all of our educators have to go through a mandatory course called Decolonizing the Circle. And it includes trauma-informed spaces and obviously some decolonizing aspects, cultural appropriation, like lots of bits and pieces that help create that, that stability of safety within our conference space. Um, and so I can't even remember what the what the topic was, but Shona, you had made that comment in, so so the educators watch the videos and then everybody comments and there's these beautiful conversations that come out of that. And you'd made that comment and so many people, myself included, were just like, oh, yes, that that is the piece. <laughs> so obvious, but uh, we don't think about it because it's not what's shown to us anywhere else, right? We have to learn that somewhere. I think as um, an educator in designing a session to have choice, it actually makes you understand your own topic better because you have to have more than one way of doing something. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, you have to, well, what are we actually doing here? What's the point? Um, yeah. How could it be done differently? Yeah. Yes, yeah, made me think a lot around like retreat spaces and things that as I move forward from that that moment when I got that piece of information um yeah always adding at least one extra piece and maybe more but and and then the open-ended question at the end of that right so like here's the options and if you have another idea that's cool too yeah and this this is inviting agency this is um giving people like their own um, ability to self self curate their yeah. experience yeah. yeah, yeah, for it to be theirs, not ours. We're the teachers or the facilitators, but it's actually not our experience that's supposed to be had here. It's theirs, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I nice. I think um, there's, there's definitely a two-way thing where the, the dynamic of the group feeds back to you and that shapes you. You come in with the, you know, here's what I think will happen and then what actually happens is, you know, an exchange between who's there and um, that's why we do it live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes a good, I haven't found a better word for, than good other than like a whole string of words. But, you know, I think everyone knows what I mean when I say that's what makes a good facilitator in that space because we're willing to, you know, for it not to be our experience, for it to be a conversation between us and the other people in the room. Yeah. That's a good teacher. I think that's something that takes time. I think, um, the first time you do anything having a structure to rely on is really nice you know yeah yeah you got to start somewhere <laughs> that's very true <laughs> yeah. so we we usually put your workshops in the uh holistic conscious living kind of space it's not quite plant wisdoms not quite women's mysteries it's it's really aligned with a holistic body embodiment kind of world uh, but I'm interested to know what do you like to attend so our four streams at the conference are plant wisdom holistic conscious living women's mysteries and cultivating community now the cultivating community obviously st stretches across the whole conference but then we'll have some certain workshops that are really explicit about that too so what what do you get drawn to when you're there well, I have to admit, when I look at whatever I'm drawn to, I'm not consciously thinking this is part of the whatever stream. That colour on the program. <laughs> not what it's my decision. <laughs> um, I would say because I'm not a herbalist, the herbal ones don't seem to be as um, relevant to me as a body worker. I think that um, the specific properties of plants belongs to people who work with plants and um, I definitely love the movement ones so I'm very kinesthetic and I'm, I'm drawn to those those ones and it's sometimes uh, what you get drawn to can surprise you so I found you know you kind of look at the program beforehand and um, you think there are sessions that you want to go to and then you get to that point in the afternoon and for whatever reason, this other session at the same time tickles your fancy and away you go. So I think like being open to what's actually what's actually speaking to you in that in that moment um, without needing to like overanalyze it um, 
I think that's what's nice about having, well, this is, this is comes back to choice. We were talking about choice before. There's not one afternoon session you can choose. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I am in the healing tent a lot, so. Uh, you don't get to so many. The, the yeah. Cho- yeah, the choices, um, there's, there's less decisions that I'm making. <laughs> Yeah. And we, we, before, when we were talking about the healing tent, we didn't say like, you do choose to do a lot of the work yeah. in the healing tent, yeah. but yeah. not everybody has to do all their sessions. There's, there's, I think we only asked for six hours from healers. If they're going to come as a healer or in the healing tent, then they only got to give six hours, six sessions, you know, if, and then there's, plenty of other time to go to workshops or you do what Shona does and just smash it out but I think we've talked a lot today Shona this comes back to the like if what you're doing is really engaging and satisfying like that's that's nourishing and feeding me and um yeah I I, I'm choosing to do this because I enjoy it Mm. Um, that's my version of the conference. <laughs> yeah, what's well, nourishing yeah. you? And like you say, you get those little, you're still having relationship with those people that you're working with one on one. Yeah, and I think this um, this sensory, this sensory specialties that we feel underneath our fingers as body work, like there's a whole realm mm. that um, if you haven't been practicing your tactile. Uh, perceptiveness like there's so much going on internally and it's just very fascinating because it keeps changing it's not a static state well that sounds like a that's next year's session (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where I'll be next year I don't know what will be the most uh, interesting Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) that's cool yeah we've talked a lot today about um uh putting money in the hands of women that are going to do good things with it yeah that's a big piece of the conference you know we want to have healers and vendors and whatever else where we know that the people who are making decisions with the money that we spend to them that we give to them is going to create more good things in the world right and that's a great piece around the healers tent that we know that we're we're giving a contribution to people who are going to do great things with that either on that weekend or where wherever and whenever yeah yeah what do you think about the community overall yeah Lives I think that that's, community? Um, it's very very nurturing um space I think it's the the conversations within that dining hall that um to me that's where the juice comes from that the sessions are like the side dressings <laughs> and it's and it is the the community and the interaction and um that's that's what that's what wise women is I think. yeah all those connections yeah, yeah. do you yeah. I, I don't remember if you camp or if you share space or you have private space what do you do for the sleeping educator, I've been given a little cabin to share with the other educators so that's nice that's good that's good to know I don't know if that's been put on the list so <laughs> I'll just make a note of that I think that if you've run out of spaces no no there's plenty of space yeah but again it's those little um these little friendships you make within that shared space that's why I was asking yeah to see oh. like is it something that you feel that you like private time there or is there something around that connection yeah so please speak I more do, to that I do, I do like time away and I think the healing tent offers some of that. I think I do a little walk up the mountain to get uh, check my phone messages once a day. That gives me a little bit of time to myself. <laughs> um, but I think um, it's very well articulated that you don't have to go to all the sessions. You you just do what you need to do. You've um, said it. You know, if you need to sleep in your tent all weekend, that's that's fine. But um, There'll be people to come and check and make sure you're fine, but that's what, if that's what this weekend is for you, follow that, yeah. Yeah, space for everything, yeah. 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 Well, and that's... where else do we get that, like, um, that privilege? <laughs> the fact that we get three meals a day and snacks, just 
arriving and we just get to eat them. That is definitely. Yeah, that's that's a piece that I think a lot of women take away. Uh, I was having a chat with uh, someone who attends yearly, and she brings her daughter. And she was saying to me that she could, she wouldn't. Firstly, she wouldn't have been able to attend if it wasn't for the kids' camp. You know that she could bring her daughter too. She's a single mom. And then the piece around like, well, you mean I can go somewhere, someone else looks after my kid, I get to go and like learn shit with other women and someone feeds me all weekend and it's like nourishing organic food. Like this doesn't even make sense. This is worth all the holiday whatever's that I take in a year just for this weekend, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, special, special space. Yeah. Okay, so we're coming right down into the last bit of our hour. I appreciate you so much and you for coming here and sharing all this information. And I, I just want everyone to know about Feldenkrais because I want more practitioners out there. I want more people thinking about these spacious kind of curious ways. Um, is there a training body in Australia? Hmm. So it's called the Feldenkrais Institute of Australia. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Easy to find. <laughs> um, it's not a physical building. It's just, you know, someone who organizes the training <laughs> um, and uh, recently they've started doing more training so I think part of why um, there's not that many practitioners is there was a couple of trainings and then no training for many years mm-hmm. so a lot of the practitioners in Sydney where I'm based they're kind of getting towards retirement they don't need to like put themselves out there they're like got a different sort of um, different Stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas I think at the moment they're trying to like, okay, let's let's make sure this stays alive. Let's make sure there's another generation coming through that um yeah, brings their own takes. So yeah, Feldenkrais Institute of Australia, if um if you are interested. And yeah. um part of this isn't like a gatekeeping thing, but part of uh, applying to do a training is you need a Feldenkrais practitioner to sort of write a letter of recommendation. Wow. Um, which just says, yes, Holly would be a good candidate. Yeah. And not quite in that language, but um, Holly knows what this is about and she's right on board. So, yeah, that people have, yeah, that they're not starting from some, like, I mean, I was at a training a few weeks ago, completely different style of training, but guys were just there going oh well my mate was coming so I just came it was five days of like natural movement training mostly on the ground these people had never done anything they're like oh he said it would be fun so I came and they were wrecked by the end of it so you don't want that attitude though that that, 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 (laughs) like uh this like sense that uh there's no barriers like the the fact that they're they're just like open enough to like come on in So Feldenkrais is really asking for a bit more like awareness, uh, attunement, and just like a check-in you know, where think they're coming we, from. What we really do love is um, diversity in the room, that um, it's a richer training if you have a whole variety of um, ages and um, occupations and that brings uh, different bodies for one thing but different perspectives um, into a space. So if it's all... Uh, white r- women in their 40s, 40s and that's just like you know a bit bland uh, absolutely <laughs> definitely and do you uh, if those you, are the people who are interested you're going to take them aren't you <laughs> of course yeah Australia's only so big when it comes to I think some of these sort of subcultural elements yeah. of of subcultures of subcultures um yeah. do you participate in like teaching the training is that part of your role in the world that takes quite a while Okay. So <laughs> I don't know the whole process, but um, you you have to go through a whole apprenticeship before you're accredited to um, to teach. But I teach my class, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, I'm actually attending a like a little study group tomorrow afternoon with some other um, Feldenkrais practitioners, and I think uh, a characteristic of these study groups is like everyone's actually really open to learn from each other this comes back to the ego conversation that was had at the end of um, last session is people aren't trying to prove how skilled or 
knowledgeable they are that part of the ethos is like this ongoing learning so um, that's really nice to be around yeah that's nice it's that collegial um, connection that we need in these one-to-one kind of works that we do yeah beautiful all right Shona We've asked everybody for all the speakers for a gift from this symposium. So something that you would be willing to give to the audience and, you know, anyone who's listening on until the conference, we're going to make all this available tonight when you and I finish, I'm going to start uploading. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the structures are there. I just got to get the YouTubes up. Um, but what was your gift that you wanted to give to everybody? So, um, Christ is, embodied so we can talk all we like about it but until you experience it maybe it's um it's just words so my gift is free feldenkrais classes so i teach um, two online classes and an in-person class in annandale in sydney and between now and the conference you can come for free using the code wwg the wise women gathering awesome that's so easy. i think holly's written that somewhere on the website if um yeah i was just thinking i don't know if i actually put a code on i will double check that when we get off um, but it will be there by the end of tonight yep yeah for sure that's so beautiful oh and so there's online and face-to-face so people can yeah, do it from wherever yeah. Yeah, so if you go to my website movingintune.com forward slash classes then you'll get the details there yeah, so good. All right, and you've given us a bit of, you've pretty much answered my next question, which is uh-huh. how do they find you, whether that be in person or online, and include your socials and all that sort of thing so people well, can. Well, I would say go to my website. I would say I'm a very non-active social media <laughs> presence. She's too busy, busy me, moving and questioning herself, people. She don't have time for social media. told me the other day that they looked at my socials and I went, what socials? What did you see? <laughs> historic yeah anyway uh moving in that's yeah. my website yeah <laughs> beautiful even the name is just great 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 yeah i appreciate you so much shona i'm so glad you were here thank you for thank being you up. For everything holly you've uh, just poured so much time and consideration and care into making this what it is well the threads go from here onward right this is my mentor Thea guy used to say like we start spot fires here but we don't know where those spot fires jump and become bonfires I know that's not the best analogy now I like the jumping though that it doesn't have to be direct that's that's you don't know where those spot fires show up and I think things like this have just made that even easier you know, like as in online things, because, you know, Marina that just joined us, she just came, she just found out about us today. She's here and she's had this great experience and who knows where she now takes her spot fire and where it jumps to. Yeah. And I think if I just quickly weave that back to Feldenkrais, that like something can feel impossible and you do one slight little something and suddenly it works. And that's like the magic where a tiny little detail might be all that needs it to change it that's cool that's so that's perfect all right let's pause there all right we'll say we'll give thanks for Shona hey it's Holly back that rounds out the end of the first day of our symposium so everything you've heard in podcast episodes up until now was all the Friday we've still got Saturday and Sunday to come you can find everybody at the self-crafted life portal all of their links all of the sharings you just log in by going to selfcraftedlife.mn.co and it's all there I'm really grateful for Shona and her continued support on every level. She showed up at this conference, uh, you know, as an educator, as a healer, as a partner, and she just spreads her, you know, you can hear in her in her interview, like she's just got this serenity and um, real kindness, like a really gentle generosity and kindness and curiosity, right? I think that's that. Feldenkrais embodiment of constantly being curious about what is so 
yeah, I'm glad we were able to share Shona with you and I hope you go and find her and her work, particularly if you're around Sydney. She does, I've had sessions with her. She's amazing. Uh, that's the end of Friday. And in our next episode, we start out on the Saturday in the symposium where we're talking to Louise Kanji. Now, Louise actually didn't make it to the conference, but the interview from the symposium is so good that it's worth listening to anyway. She shares some really great little pearlers there. Uh, so make sure you tune in for the next episode as we move into Saturday on the symposium from 2023. Maya Nehea, see you soon. Mm-hmm.